It's time for episode 28 of the Scout Trailblazers podcast. And this week I have the pleasure of talking with Himkar Talk, the creator of a fascinating science fiction book called Redshift, which is coming out today on this Wednesday, the last Wednesday of May. So how are you doing, Himkar? I'm good, man. I'm glad to be here. It's good to talk with you because uh, I'm a big science fiction guy. And so I really enjoyed this book. Now, before we get any further, let me read the, what they call the log line uh, description for this book. It says, with humanity struggling to survive on Mars, an astronaut crosses into a distant solar system on a hunt for a new world. And, of course, there's a little more involved than that. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about what the story's about? Uh, yeah, sure, man. So basically the story is a family survival space uh, saga in space. So it's like a survivalist tale about um, these two brothers who grow up on Mars. Uh, and one, the older brother is recruited to cross into another solar system on this uh, very long, extraordinary mission to find a, a new home that can extend humanity. So he leaves his little brother at home. His little brother grows up and gets into the political spectrum of Mars where um, you know, at the time, re resources are very difficult to come by, and there's a lot of uprising and um, unrest. So his little brother basically tries to keep Mars as unified as he can, um, waiting for his big brother to come back. So it cuts back and forth between the two of them. Hmm. So we get to see the bigger, the, the older brother as well. Yeah, it's it's focused on the older brother in the beginning, and then it starts to. Um, get into both of them, basically. Now, I had the chance to read the book. I got a hold of a preview uh, digital copy of it, which yeah. is really good. And, and there's, some, there's some interesting things going on. There's a little more going on with the family, and I don't want to spoil too much, but there's other family members that are involved in this process as well. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So they're, they live with their father, and their mother is no longer there. Mm -hmm. So that's an important key um, you know, for the for the ongoing story. Mm -hmm. Now, from what you're saying, I gather that, that humanity doesn't exist anywhere except on Mars now. Yes, that's right. So Earth is um, it's basically, you know, maybe 100 years from now, 150 years from now, when Earth is no longer inhabitable. And mm -hmm. we've we've had to we've been forced to colonize Mars just as a last ditch effort to um, extend our species. Mm hmm. So it picks it up um, in the in that kind of an era where um, human human life is dwindling, and we're basically pioneers on Mars trying to make trying to make a go of it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of interesting because uh, at the very beginning, one of the things they talk about is the fact that they have to, you know, they're they're doing things on Mars, and one of the things they're doing is they're looking for water. Yeah, that's right. So what's interesting is. Um, originally they were looking, so this was like a four or five year project, um, when I started writing and NASA has just been coming out with research every single day. There's something new that they find on Mars. Mm -hmm. So, um, originally they were looking for, uh, metals, precious metals to build this rocket. Mm -hmm. Um, but that changed once NASA realized we have, we have water on the north and south polar caps. Mm -hmm. 
So it just made sense to change what they're looking for because water is like the essential, besides air, is the essential resource they're going to need when they're up there just mm-hmm. to survive. Mm-hmm. So, I'm, I'm, re- I'm interested in the variety of people that are there on Mars. There's this one guy named Grunwall. And Grunwall. he's like, yeah. he's huge compared to everybody else. He's just massive guy. He's like two or three heads taller than everybody else. Is, is yeah. he like the result of genetic, uh, genetic manipulation or something? Or is that just, you know, just the way that he came, you know, to the planet? Oh, Gr- Grunwall is his natural selection. Wow. He's just a big guy. Hmm. You know. Wow, because he's he's huge. I mean, compared yeah. to everybody else, yeah. at one point the one brother is talking to him, and he's looking down. <laughs> yeah, so it's just yeah, he's just a character in the book. Um, we do get into uh, gene therapy later on once once you get in certain certain injuries and in space. Um, there's you know ways to heal that we don't have now. It's just it's just an advancement of of medicine. Mm-hmm. that we get into a little bit but no grunwall is just a just a big dude huge guy yeah. but at the very beginning we, we and then you use a term that uh, science fiction fans are very familiar with and you use the word voyagers yeah uh, the, the people who go out looking for other places and stuff like that and of course i remember star trek voyager there was another show called voyagers that had people going through time yeah, and stuff like so. Voyagers is a good term that people like in in science fiction. So I thought that was a, a good choice because it evokes a certain you know response. I think in science fiction people. Yeah, and I I love I've you know I used to watch Star Trek on a daily basis when I was a little kid, um, and I agree. Yeah, Voyager is just uh, it's a it's a theme that's been um, you know played throughout throughout um sci-fi especially space sci-fi so uh it's just something i little i pulled from that yeah it's a good thing it's it's a great phrase a a great word that that we all enjoy and really like so it's a it's a great 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 uh, phrase to have with that now what's interesting too is is that the the people talk a little bit about what they call the, the ministry and i think that that's they're part of the government right so, um, so I was able to work with NASA JPL to ground the science on this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in our discussions, we, it, you know, it wasn't always technical and it would go into theoretical and political a little bit, um, at times. And so, you know, what I gleaned from them is that on Mars, Every, every minute you're on Mars, you're basically trying to extend life. Okay. So in a, in a system or a society that's built like that, where you don't have air, you don't have water, um, the government is going to be different. Go- human governance and social governance is going to be different than what we have today. It's not going to be like we have in the U.S. where we can, you know, walk out the door and go wherever we want and come home whenever we want and do whatever we want. Uh, it's going to be very rigid. And it's going to be very militaristic. Um, it's not going to be. It's not going to be democracy for sure. Um, even if the U.S. was to colonize Mars, it's not going to be a democracy because you just can't have people do whatever they want to do. Um, they all have to be working towards the goal of extending life for everybody. So, mm-hmm. so the ministry is the form of governance on Mars um, that would be there if we were actually there. 
it's it's a it's a kind of autocratic system based on science um but it's again like the military you can't deviate from your your role because um it could jeopardize the rest of the group mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which is wild it's just going to be <clears throat> something interesting it it harkens on some levels to me about what we've been recently going through with the pandemic yeah yeah i mean on on mars you got to wear a mask you have no choice <laughs> Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter what you know what you feel or what they're telling you and what you want to do it's just it's the way it's going to be mm -hmm. pretty interesting I, I really liked it i thought it was such a good yeah uh, timely <laughs> thing as far as that goes yeah which, which i enjoyed very much i just i think i know you did mention dr wesley traub from yeah. the exoplanet exploration program at NASA. Um, you said that he, he talked you through this narrative. I mean, what was that uh, experience like? How did that work? It's awesome, man. The people at NASA are amazing. They, they have, they still have that little kid's wonder about space. And it, it really drove me to um, just try and understand the science behind it. And um, also try and emulate the wonder that they have. And that I had when I was little growing up and looking up at the sky. Um, so the guys in NASA, they really believe um, in the stuff they're working on. And some of the stuff they're working on is, is crazy. If I um, talk about it, like time travel and bending the space time continuum to be able to travel, you know, basically subvert the speed of light and get to another, to a very vast distance. Um, like a different solar system and they they truly believe that that's that it's possible to do it and we're working towards it we just don't have the tools yet and we don't have the knowledge yet but it's 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 um it's a possibility that that exists in their minds mm -hmm. well it's interesting because you know if we talked about star trek um as i remember gene roddenberry approached people at nasa to ask them about what kind of science would be going on in the future. And of course we all know that the, some of the science has come and gone, like the little disks that they would put in the computers and stuff like yeah. that. We did that. That was in there and all these other things that were actually real, you know, that uh, that's why Star Trek, I think was so appealing to so many of us was because they really did talk about what was likely to happen and many cases did happen already so it's just it's a fascinating thing i bet that was really quite the discussion for you to sit and talk with them about these things yeah i mean time travel uh talking to a scientist that's the head of the exoplanet um, exploration program i mean you you just the main the main thing i can uh say is that the the passion that they have is just uh, it's incredible and they they really they truly believe that time travel is possible and they're 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 experimenting man they're they're gonna i mean i, I don't doubt them they're gonna get there one day they'll mm -hmm. figure it out mm -hmm. well like the cell phones we have now are the communicators yeah in star trek and stuff so they are always ahead of reality you know people sometimes want to ridicule and, and make fun of these kinds of things that people are doing but the truth of the matter is is they're thinking about where we're going to be you know they live in the future and so it's, it's such a really that must it's have been so much fun to sit and talk with them yeah i mean it's a simple it's a simple you know you go back to 
two, maybe, two, you know, in the 1800s, people would, would say, you know, we would never be able to fly, right? Mm-hmm. How, could we, how could we cross the ocean in the air? We'd have to go through a boat. But then the Wright brothers came along and they changed everything. Mm-hmm. Um, now we fly every day and we fly, you know, at any, any time and we can go anywhere. We can go to the moon. So that you can never really say, and I think that's part of what Redshift is about, is you can never really say um, what can't be done. Uh, and it's sort of looking at what is out there and what what can be done and what is there. Mm-hmm. It's just it's a fascinating thing. This is what makes a lot of us science fiction fans is the the, the possibility, the what if. Yeah, I agree. Know. Yeah, it's so great, yeah. such a wonderful thing. That's the driving, I think, question behind Redshift um, is what is out there, you know, and how. How do we go about getting there and what happens when we get there? Mm-hmm. Very cool. Now, question, you bring up the title of the book, and I, I'm curious to find out, uh, is the red and red shift, is that from Mars? No. So so um, it's, a, it's a play on words. Basically, red shift is a term in science um, that astronomers use. It's, it's the distance between an object and space as it moves away from the observer. So it's a way to, to see that something in space is going away from you. And blue shift is the way to see that it's coming towards you. So when something is going, you know, like a satellite is going away, you're, you're on Mars, okay? And the satellite is going away from you. The wavelength, the wavelength begins to shift to the red part of the color spectrum. Mm-hmm. So that's how you can tell um, that it's leaving. Uh, and so, so redshift and blue shift are just scientific terms that astronomers use. And it's a way to describe an object that is moving uh, a vast distance away. Hmm. So that's what, re- okay. You might be giving us a clue as to what the story's going to, uh, <laughs> yeah, going to his, take brother, his brother takes it, you know, the older brother takes a journey, right? He, he has to go really, really far from mm-hmm. his home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's he's going away. It's going to be great fun to see. Now, I've got to ask, how many issues are going to be in this story? Redshift is going to be six issues in this arc. Okay. And they're going to come out monthly, bi-monthly? How often are they going no, to be out? Uh, the, way, the way Scout does it is it comes out um, today, and um, it'll, it'll then, I think, take two months for issue two, and then – month monthly after that okay yeah and it's i I don't want to diminish the sales of the individual issues because that's important but is is there a possibility of a trade maybe when these all come out yeah definitely the trade will come out um but that won't be till next year probably yeah that'll be good stuff too because this i could see this on sci-fi very easily hey wayne if you know the producers over there call them up man (laughs) okay because well, well, see, one of the things that helps me see that is the artwork. Yeah, the, the artwork is really well done. I mean, the uh, the the artist uh, who does the artwork, uh, his name is Brent David McKee, yeah. and he does a lot of interesting things with the technology. Yeah, he's um, he you know, so he's just he's amazing, man. He's uh, he's an awesome artist. 
Uh, I was lucky to get him. He has done some books for Image and Dark Horse, and this is his first solo book. And he, what he does is he brings, and this is what I envisioned the, the project to be is because because when we're on Mars, we're like pioneers, we're pilgrims out there. And Brent has a Western feel to his art, and he basically painted a Western out in space. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's what I was aiming for, and he he really like hit a home run with it. Because I always judge artwork by two facets. <clears throat> Number one is the uh, as facial expressions, and his facial expressions. Like one time, well, let's just say something happens to somebody's helmet, and the yeah. facial expression on the person is <laughs> is like ghastly. <laughs> yeah, it's just an amazingly well drawn. Uh, drawing of that and also the action sequences and the movements and stuff like that I always appreciate and, and the same thing is with that too I mean when there's somebody is like jetting across the the, the planet's uh, surface yeah. yeah and when they do that I really I mean uh, it doesn't he doesn't always land well that person no, no. and I'm sitting there going ouch <laughs> so it's really accurately done and very realistic in the sense that Man, we really get to see and feel what that would be like just by observing it. He's just such a beautiful yeah, job on this. I agree, man. I, I think I was joking with another um, another podcast that uh, um, I shouldn't even put any words on here, man. Just, <laughs> just look, at it, look at Brent's work. Uh, I don't want to spoil it. Um, I don't want to taint it. But, yeah, you know, Brent, um, the, the one thing that drew me to him when I was looking through artists is that you're right, that the facial expressions are very important. And if I don't have to put any words down and you can get the emotion of what that guy or that girl is thinking um, that you're watching, that's, that's the most important thing to me, I think. And uh, I think he's really adapted that. I, there's some literary things going on too. There's a, a place where somebody quotes Robert Frost yeah, which me was really interesting to me. I was, you know, one of my favorites that uh, he has done. They they talk about this, and he's, and, and the quote has something very important to what's going on at the time. And I just thought that was a great, you know, one of those great literate moments in the book was when that happens. And I just was, you know, let's just say something bad's going on. <laughs> And I wasn't certain how that was going to turn out, and I was I was intrigued to see how it was going to going to work out. And more than that, I won't say because I don't want to. Yeah, that was just a, a a character quirk for um, one of the main characters, Helena. Um, I feel like you know people who are put under pressure um, a lot have certain things that they can latch onto to get them through those moments. Mm-hmm. And it's just something that his mom had taught him um, how to get through tough times. Mm-hmm. So he, he reaches in and uses it when he needs to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, I, uh, it looks like the next one coming out, according to the issue that I see, issue two is, is scheduled for August. Is that accurate? Yeah, I think that's accurate. Yeah. Okay. So that's something to look forward to. So we can, the important thing to do at this point is to let your store know that you want Redshift. And by the way, that's all one word. That's uh, not two yeah, words. Some right. people might make it. And if to make it two words, you might not get to the right book. 
I don't know, but we want to make sure we get it right the first time. And that's redshift is one word. Tell your store. And if you can't get it at your store, and this is something James, the president of the company, always wants me to tell. If you can't get it at your store, go to scoutcomics.com and go to the online store there. And there's a, a uh, uh, what do you call a uh, uh, the, the, a prequel issue out there on the website already that you can buy, uh, which is kind of cool to get there and if so if your store doesn't get it for whatever reason you know if for some reason they didn't realize you wanted it you can go to the website and order it there so there's all kinds of really good stuff with that and i think that uh that little prequel is going to be something fun to, i think to have to to really get it and to, to understand it so it's just a well done book how long did it take for you to to write this book uh, the t- in total, it took like five years to get it to, you know, the idea to where it is right now, where it's coming out. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah, a long process. Really... I'm sorry, what was that? I, I just said it's a long process to get yeah, to Yeah. Oh. <clears throat> See, people look at comics and they kind of figure, oh, man, this is so easy. It just plops on the page. But I wish you would like know. that. Maybe my next comic will be like that. <laughs> I don't think it'll ever be like that. I think yeah, that you, it's going to be work. See, because people don't understand, like you're you're writing the script, you get it to the artist. Of course, you choose the artist. Once you've chosen the artist, then they have to do the pages, and you have to kind of look at the pages and make sure that things are are legit and the way that they should be. And then it gets to the to the, the printing people, and they print it out, and it finally gets to the the stores after that. Yeah, it takes, it's a it's a long it's a long road. It's a long journey. And especially with the pandemic going on recently, that has that has dragged everything to a, a near halt yeah. on many levels. So it's, I'm sure it's a thrill for you to see this book coming out. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, man. I think it's a, um, I think it'll connect to to certain people and definitely sci-fi people that love space and that watch Star Trek like you and I did. I guess it'll mm-hmm. hopefully hit home with them. Mm-hmm. Have you had the chance to like show people? that are into this uh, good stuff and gotten any kind of reaction from them? Uh, so far it's been pretty good. Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've shown, uh, a lot of people, you know, friends, family, and, um, people in the industry. Um, my, the, the one thing I'll kind of, maybe, I guess it's a humble brag that, um, Jeff Lemire, uh, started following me on Instagram and I reached out to him and he gave me some excellent notes for issue one and he really dug the issue. So I was excited about that because he's one of like my, you know, hero writers. Mm-hmm. That, that's so cool because, you know, I, I've actually interviewed him um, way back when he was doing Animal Man when that just yeah. started out. Yeah. And ever since then, I have always followed his stuff. He's got, all kinds of books out there that are just he's got one um it's about water being in a in, in a glacier where this family is uh, is uh trying to survive and so i forget the name is snow something i can't remember the name off the top of my head but he's doing that and he's then he does all these other ones he does a, a, a book about a a, a, a a hockey player up in Canada, which is like 180 degrees the other way. But there is one thread that goes through all of his comics, and that is family. Yeah, I agree. And I see some of that in your writing, too. So yeah, you know, and, and where do you think I got that from? 
<laughs> I have a feeling I know. <laughs> so he's, uh, I, you know, he's to me, he's the most creative writer in comics right now. Um, so when he, you know, when I talked to him and he gave me his time for Redshift, I was, um, I was pretty humbled. Yeah, it's, it's. Uh, I, I love his stuff. You know, in the beginning, he was less of an action person, more of a drama writer. You know, it was more the interpersonal relationships and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's much – okay. The book that he does, by the way, is called Snow Angels. Yeah. It's a yeah. comicsology original. And I, I've been reading it, and I've been gripped. It's really – gosh, he always does it. The thing that always gets me, too, is his art is – Yeah, his art is so good. It's so interesting. It's a little craggy at times. But if you ever read his book Sweet Tooth? Yeah, which – which is now a Netflix show. Um, yeah. I have his, his art is like, it's, it's, it's raw, but it's very, you know, I don't know what it is. It's emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe, so, yeah. maybe someday he'll draw something that you've written. That would be something. <laughs> Why don't you call him up next? <laughs> after, after you call the, yeah, the other producers at sci-fi. sci-fi. Yeah. <laughs> You never know. I mean, you never know who listens to podcasts and when they happen to yeah. turn it on and stuff. So those things are very likely. But uh, it's just, you know, his. It, you, you could do a lot worse than emulate Jeff Lemire, in my humble opinion. I think you've actually yeah. made a good choice for that. Very good. So uh, it's it's going to be something to see this come to be. So we're going to do six issues. We'll be coming along. It'll be next year before we get the uh, uh, the, the trade paper back. As I said, don't let that stop you from buying the individual issues because that'll ensure that the trade will come out. If the individual sales are good, then the, the trade sale will happen. That'll come. So don't you know, don't wait for the trade. Get the individual issues right now. Let your store know. And if you can't get them at the local store, as I said, go to scoutcomics.com and go to the online store there. Now, is there other uh, projects that you're working on, are there, that, that you're doing that we should be aware of? Is, is this kind of keeping you busy? How's this yeah, working? Um, I have uh, two more projects that are in the pipeline um, that I'm really excited about, and neither of them are sci-fi. So my hmm. my first two books are sci-fi books, and my next two won't be. They're, they're, they're both historical, um, historical action adventure drama type books. Um, one of them takes place in 16th century Japan, and another one takes place in 1942 Afghanistan um, during uh, during World War II. Hmm. So, wow, your your writing is is all over the place, which is a good thing. I'm not that's not a criticism. When some people can only write science fiction, after a while, people kind of go, "Well, all he does is science fiction." But with the the variety that you're able to Right. I think yeah, that's a great hope, sign. Hopefully they don't, you know, hopefully they can't pin me down. <laughs> I don't think so. If they, Honestly, if you read this book or if you read Redshift, I think you're going to c- come away with uh, a real sense of, of adventure and science and danger. That was the thing I came away with as well. There's a lot of danger going on. You know, you're in a circumstance like, like Mars and uh, let's just say that uh, – <laughs> The unexpected. The, the, the people always say, "Expect the unexpected." Yeah. And, and I think on Mars, I think that would be a wise adage to live by. So I think that's really great. It's so well done. I think the science all makes sense. The oh, I, I have to mention one thing. 
we talked about Star Trek. One of the characters is named Tiberius. Yeah. And anybody who knows Star Trek knows that that's a name <laughs> that uh, is the middle name of James T. Kirk. So I got it. When I read that, I kind of smiled and I said, "Oh, somebody knows Captain Kirk." <laughs> I'm doing that. Was that was that where the name came from? There's there's a lot of Easter eggs if you look at, look at Brent's art um, in detail in the book, and you'll see um, you'll start catching on to a lot of different um, Easter eggs from everything <laughs> we've seen growing up, basically. Oh, great, great. Well, it, it's a wonderful book. Again, it's called Redshift, all one word. Make sure you get that right in there. Let your store know that and just make sure that you uh, that, that you get uh, your order in so that people can uh, you can get it and you can be able to read it and tell other people about it, too. I think this is, you know, science fiction fans tend to congregate together and talk to each other. And I think this is the kind of a book that a lot of people will want to share with each other, with other fans and stuff. So I think it's, you know, there's a difference between sci-fi and science fiction as people define. This is science fiction in the, in the best and the purest sense. So I, I really hope that people get out and share this and let people know what a great book this is and, and make it happen. Get out to your store today and again, you know, I hate to keep saying it, but don't go without it. You know, let let scoutcomics.com help you get the book if you can't get it at the store for any reason. But, uh, you know, I, I, it's, this is a wonderful book, I have to say. And I, I think that this is going to be a, a science fiction. I would love to see this get recognized with, uh, you know, among sci-fi fans and, and other stuff. And science fiction purists and stuff, I think, will even really, really, really love this. So I just think that you, you've put together a terrific book. Well, uh, I thank you, Mr. Hall. I think um, part of it is you, you know, you promoting it and like you do with all these creators. Uh, we can't we can't do it without guys like you who just love books. So I appreciate that. Well, Hemkar, you're doing the right things, and all I can say is keep it up, and I can't wait to read your other materials. Uh, I, one last thing we should do is if people want to follow you on social media, how do they do that? Yeah, you can find me on, on Instagram mainly and on Twitter, and they're the same handle. It's at H-S-T-R-O-N-I-C, so it's at H-S-Tronic. Okay. Very good. Well, you know, I'll say just keep it up. I can't wait for the second issue to come out. August can't get here soon enough for me. I'm really looking forward to see that. So, you know, all I can say is, is Himkar, just keep it up and make these wonderful things happen. I'm going to be interested to see how you do these other uh, settings and how these all work out too. So, Thanks. Thank you, Mr. Hall. Great.